Hey everyone, welcome to Sons of Saturday. Thanks for joining us. We have some great interviews lined up. Uh, first, we are going to kick it off with our newest quarterback recruit for class of 2021, Taj Bullock from St. Peter's Prep of Jersey City, New Jersey. I had a, a great sit down with Taj and really excited to have him in the boat and uh, you know be a leader of this class of 2021. Great skill set and uh, really excited to see what he can do. And then uh, following that, we did a little recruiting update with Matei Sis of 24-7 Sports, also known as VT Scoop. Shout out to them. But um, great time with Taj, great time with Matei, breaking down 2021 and uh, some of our newest recruits that we got over the past week. But before we kick things off, got to start it off with a hokey haiku brought to you by the Main Street Pharmacy. If you've ever been to Blacksburg, Virginia, you might need a pharmacy, and Main Street Pharmacy needs to be that pharmacy. Jeremy Counts, Dr. Jeremy Counts, one of the greatest pharmacists in all of the state of Virginia, and he has an extremely friendly staff. He will help you with any type of uh, prescriptions you may need to be filled, any type of COVID-19 necessities you may have as well. But he is located on Main Street, and his staff will greet you with a smile. He will greet you with a smile as well. So get on down there to Main Street Farm, support local, support the Main Street Pharmacy, and support this Hokey Haiku submitted by Hokey Bird Fan Page. Again, big time. This is a brand new Twitter account. I've seen this account on Twitter they're plugging in letters from the pale. They're plugging in hokey haikus. Love to see it. So here we go. Taj is hard to stop. In the air and on the ground. Dual threat QB. There you go. That's a 575, and uh, that's our hokey haiku. And here we go. Hope you guys enjoy. Taj Bullock and Matasis. everyone welcome back thank you so much for joining us this morning this afternoon whatever time it is thanks for joining the sons of saturday I have an incredibly special guest here uh today joining us from north jersey taj bullock the latest commit of the 2021 recruiting class taj how you doing this afternoon everything's good everything's good how about you guys things are great we're uh, we're happy to have a little uh, jersey triumvirate here uh yeah. love that but uh taj you are a uh 6'4 223 coming out of st peter's prep great mm-hmm. football out there and billy's gonna ask you a little bit more about the uh the big north later on no doubt. but uh super excited to have you and uh, congratulations on your commitment to tech yeah appreciate it no doubt we're really excited really excited so question here about the i mean we got to talk about the non-public group five uh for those who don't know Ryan Cushing, Will Hill, Mika Fitzpatrick, Brandon Wimbush, Rashawn Gary, Jabril Peppers, Billy Ray Mitchell, and Jackson Lee Mitchell. The list goes, uh, the list goes on and on. But uh, you won a state championship in one of the best uh, sectors across the United States. Um, and that's not really – that's not homerism. That's just a fact. Uh, I just want to descri- have you describe the intensity of the league and uh, some of the players that you've come across and played in your time uh, in non-public group five. 
Yeah, I mean, um, they're still throughout the league. I mean, there are guys everywhere. I mean, even guys on my team, you know, you know, uh, just practicing against that, like, high-level competition each and every day, you know, it just prepares you, you know. And, um, I mean, there are studs throughout each team. I mean, uh, I can go on and on, but, I mean, there are guys. I mean, this year we are, like, in the country probably, uh, in the 2021 class, probably at least 10 guys throughout the league in 2021. And um, in Jersey, in the, in the conference, I mean, they're in the nation top guys. So, I mean, it's just high-level high level competition. That's fantastic. And just curious, so Coach Sparber actually coached uh, at Bergen Catholic. He's a big North guy as well. Yeah, uh, have you? Do you have a relationship with Coach Sparber? Did he reach out to you at all during your recruitment? Oh, yeah, no doubt. You know, I've talked to Coach Sparber, like, way early in my recruitment for uh, taking and offering me. So, I mean, I'm a good relationship with him. You know, just keep talking to him and everything like that. So, I mean, everything's good. Taj, as you observed your recruitment and were weighing your options, what were some of the boxes that you and your family were looking to check as you searched for the best fit for Taj Bullock? You know, um, just a place I can feel comfortable, you know, a place I can grow as a player, uh, as a man, most importantly, you know, um, just, uh, just a place I feel comfortable, you know. I want to get to a place academically where I know I can be set for life, and uh, I think VTech offers that for sure. So, I mean, uh, just the life after football aspect was really important. You know, just a great atmosphere. Like, that's what I saw when I went on my visit and everything like that. Uh, it was good. And what was your perception of Virginia Tech prior to committing or prior to be being offered? Because, you know, mm-hmm. when we think of Virginia Tech, we think of Michael Vick and Tyrod Taylor. Do you have those similar, um, you know, sim- similar star power people that you think of when you think of Tech? Oh, yeah, no doubt. You think it'll do a threat quarterback that can do it all for your team. You know, that's what, that's what I idolize. And, you know, that's what I try and do in my game, you know, just do it whatever I can for my team, whether it's on my arm, my seat, you know, I resemble that. So, I mean, I definitely think uh, the, those guys are able to do everything. And uh, just, uh, yeah. Taj, I've been mentioning this with uh, the other interviewees that we've done. Uh, this is such a unique time to be a junior or senior in high school where mm-hmm. uh, you're really needing to evaluate schools from an arm's, an arm's length and not being able to get as much information maybe as you would be able to. And uh, Mike yeah. Nisiolak from Roanoke, uh, the Roanoke Times did a great article about you. I just want to understand a little bit. Can you walk us through your recruitment with Virginia Tech? It kind of sped up really here in May. Mm-hmm. Ta- walk us through the table of events, your visit. Just kind of walk us through that. So, I mean, uh, like I said before, uh, I've been talking to Tech for a little bit. You know, uh, they never really offered me initially because uh, I knew they had a guy and everything like that. I was talking to Coach Barber. They built a relationship. And then uh, this past uh, month or so, uh, so I would say like early May, they offered me. And, you know, I've just been building a great relationship with Coach Fu, Coach Corn other guys on the staff as well, you know, uh, as you, I mean, it's been constant, uh, Zoom meetings, just uh, talking ball, talking academics, um, just, I mean, we talking about everything. So, I mean, it's been good just getting a feel for uh, what uh, VTech's all about and what, uh, you know, what they do up there. You know, just going on a visit even helped even more. So, I mean, it has definitely been fast, you know, and it's, uh hasn't been uh, the, like the normal, you know, just um, – you know, I can go out there and uh, have about the dead period or anything like that. So, I mean, it hasn't been not normal, but I mean, it's been uh, it's been good, you know, so far what I've been able to do. So, I mean, I'm blessed to work, be where I'm at, and, um, you know, because some guys definitely don't even have the opportunity with everything going on. And, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm just in a great place. And talk to me a little bit about that Zoom call. So we were uh, in the article, it mentioned that Tyrell Smith, I actually, me and Tyrell were at, uh, he was at Don Bosco and I was at Paramus Catholic at the same time. Yeah. Nike Hawkins and Quincy Patterson, you and your parents actually had the opportunity to speak to 
those yeah. players. And I first want to tip my cap to those players for taking time out of their day. And, um, you know, obviously you hit it off really well with those players. Kind of describe to me how that went and, um, you know, just the relationship you're able to build with those uh, three gentlemen. Uh, it was great. It, real great. You know, just talking to them, getting to see their perspective on everything, you know, with VTEC, with their experience, like at VTEC so far, you know, and then the, everyone has a different path. So, I mean, just seeing uh, those point of views and uh, what, they, what they've been able to accomplish so far, I mean, it's been real good. So, I mean, uh, my parents ask some questions, I ask some questions, and just, uh, just getting that insight, just being in a relationship and just seeing where they're at. So tell us, when you were able to visit Blacksburg, and I know a completely different type of visit, you're you know really more so just driving through, checking it out. What stood out to you about Blacksburg when you visited and what ultimately led you to make that decision to become a Hokie? Well, I mean, um, a lot of things played into it. You know, the visit, it, it, of course, it added on to it, you know, anything like that. But uh, on the visit, you know, my parents liked it. I love the atmosphere up there. And, uh, you know, a lot of people say it's a football town. And I definitely saw that for sure, you know. That that's really important to me. A place where I feel comfortable, and uh, I definitely felt comfortable there. And, uh, I would say, uh, just uh, most importantly, when I stepped on like the field and got into the stadium and everything like that, uh, I just I keep saying it, but uh, I just felt like could I see myself playing here? And then like I just I had that feeling, it just felt comfortable, felt right. So I think mean, it was good. And in that article in the Roanoke Times, uh, Mike also mentioned the relationship that you've built with Coach Fuente and Coach Cornelson as a big point. Can you kind of dive into those uh, relationships that you've been able to establish as well? I mean, yeah, yeah, no doubt. So, I mean, Coach Fu and Coach Corn have been showing nothing but love since uh, they offer me. You know what I mean? They've been showing nothing but hospitality to me, to my family. And, I mean, it's been real good. So, I mean, like I said, Coach Coach, Coach Corn, Coach Fu, they've been setting up constant Zoom meetings that we just – I mean, talking about everything about the program. So, I mean, they didn't really like uh, pivotal, I would say, in my decision for sure. And um, it's been a great relationship with them. I can tell, like, they care about their guys. They uh, want to get the everyone better on and off the field as men as players. I mean, uh, yeah. So I'm curious as to, um, you know, Jalen Hoyle is a New Jersey guy right from Englewood here. Uh, who else have you connected with in this class so far, uh, both during and since your recruitment? Yeah, I mean, uh, I talked to a couple guys. I talked to uh, uh, Chance Black. I talked to him. I talked to uh, Mateus. I mean, there's been a couple guys. Uh, all Definitely all the commits for sure. They reached out, you know, been showing me love, just, just congratulating me and everything like that, welcoming me to the family and all that stuff. It's been good. Great ability to talk with them so far. Some other players in this class have been very vocal. Matthias Carroll, you just mentioned, has been on Twitter, on the blogosphere, saying, commit to Virginia Tech. We got a good thing going. I see Jalen Hoyle getting active as well. Um, are you, you know, starting to talk to some others in this class about recruiting some uh, you know, more 2021 prospects out there to come to Blacksburg? Oh, yeah, no, most definitely. You know, you got to now. You know, I'm, I'm definitely committed. So, I mean, for sure I want guys to come here and uh, – because uh, we want to win. That's the end goal, you know. Uh, that's most important. So you need we need those guys to come in here if we're going to be able to win. Uh, I definitely reach out to more guys and just keep building really sure everyone. Look, I'm no uh, Trent Dilfer. I'm not a quarterback guru. I played offensive line. Um, but in watching your film, some of the things that stood out, and again, you're facing fantastic competition week in, week out. Uh, and the Bergen Catholic game and the DePaul game really stuck out to me. Uh, yeah. From terms of creativity, you had that Brett Favre play where you flick the ball uh, yeah. over the linebackers into the end zone. I loved that. Uh, standing in the pocket and taking some hits on the chin, delivering good balls, letting your wide receivers make plays. And you do have a fantastic wide receiving core at St. Peter's. I noticed yeah, that as great, well. Great, great. Um, 
working through your reads, going from read to read, uh, and ball security. When you come to Virginia Tech, you know, I'm sure they've mentioned this in their Zoom meetings, uh, Coach Fuente and Coach Corn. that is paramount in the offense. So um, you definitely tra- check all of those boxes. Um, but I wanted to ask you about your transitional skills. Uh, you ran track at St. Peter's Prep. I'm curious how that was able to help you improve as a football player. Well, yeah, um, just this past season. So, I mean, uh, this is my first year actually running. You know, I was trying to get the speed up and anything like that. And uh, sure. uh, just done great with the coaches on there, too, and the, uh, all the guys on the track team. You know, they've been helping me out, uh, getting me right. So, I mean, uh, it's been real good. You know, um, unfortunately, I got cut short for outdoor season. But uh, indoor, I was able to do the high jump, 55-meter, stuff like that. And uh, I, was, I was doing all right. Jonathan Lewis was the quarterback at St. Peter's Prep before you. He's now at, uh, at Rutgers. Uh, Brandon Wimbush is, was incredible, another great ambassador for, uh, for your school. I'm curious what impact, more specifically, John had on you. You had the yeah. ability to learn from him um, and kind of watch how he approached his day, watched how he approached the offense. What role did he play in your development as a quarterback? Well, actually, it was Masai Maynard. He was a uh, big guy. Okay. Yeah, so it was uh, those three guys for sure. But uh, Masai, he was the, the guy I was under. Uh, so when I came in as a freshman, John was leaving. John was actually leaving. He went to Rutgers. And I was okay. under Masai. Yeah, I was under Masai. Uh, he was a junior. I was a freshman, you know. And uh, I didn't start uh, this past season. So, I mean, um, those first two years, my freshman and sophomore year, just learned under him how he maneuvers everything, you know, the media, especially they were like the media. I mean, on the field, just staying calm, cool. You see it, like, you see it in the game and stuff like that. So, I mean – Masai, he played a big role in, like, me developing my game, you know, especially uh, the competitor aspect of everything. You know, I came to practice every day, and I just wanted to compete with him because I, 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 I wanted to start. I wanted to play. So, I mean, it was, it was a great learning experience for me. You know, I mean, uh, Masai, he's definitely a big role model for me, and um, I appreciate everything he's done for me. That's crazy. I remember, I remember when Masai camped uh, at Paramus Catholic when he was in, like, sixth grade. Um, mm-hmm. He's another extremely talented individual. I forgot about that. Um, a great lineage of quarterbacks from St. Peter's. Uh, no doubt, doubt about that. Yeah. So, uh, bigger picture here, those are some guys that you've learned under uh, from a personal basis. But who are some professional quarterbacks that you would say that you modeled your own game after or tried to aspire to be? Yeah, I mean, a little bit of everybody, you know. Um, like you said earlier, Brett Favre, you know, and maybe we do all that uh, fantastic stuff he does, uh, Aaron Rodgers, and you got guys like Lamar Jackson, uh, Cam Newton, and uh, especially, like, Deshaun Watson. I really, like, see myself, like, in that, like, Deshaun Watson-type uh, player. Yeah, I'm fired up. I'm fired up you like the Brett Favre comp because that's the first thing I thought of when I saw – uh, when I saw the Bergen Catholic play. Um, last question that we have from us until we get into rapid fire, you're about a year away um, from stepping foot on uh, campus at Virginia Tech. Right. What are some of the focal points that you're looking to improve before you arrive in Blacksburg, both on and off the football field? You know, um, I'm working it right now, you know, just getting bigger, faster, stronger. And, uh, I mean, uh, just, uh, just that leadership, you know, just stepping up more because now it's my senior year, so now being more of a leader. On the field, you know, off the field, I try, always try to take a great example for my guys. I mean, on the field, just being more of a vocal leader, you know, and uh, just on the field, you know, um, just, if we're talking like technical, I mean, keep that like tall base in the pocket, you know, just be able to stay more calm, not like too uh, rapid. I mean, uh, not too like uh, amped up, I guess. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, um, on the run, I would say outside the pocket, you know, getting my shoulder downhill to my target when I throw. And sometimes I like drift. Just It just throws accuracy and power off. I mean, just, just little things, little things. Always got to focus on little things. 
Fantastic. That was awesome. Uh, we're going to move into rapid fire here, like we discussed earlier. Uh, first thing that comes to your mind, and we want to shout out John Cranham and his dentist office. This section always makes everybody smile, and it's 50% off of tooth bleaching. So hit up John Cran for 50% off of your tooth bleachery. Favorite NFL player? Right now, I would say Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson. Favorite Hokie? Hokie, uh, definitely got to be uh, Mike Vick. Okay. LeBron, Kobe, or Michael Jordan? Kobe, Kobe. I mean, I'm, uh, if we like getting into it, I mean, Kobe, that's my guy. You know, I, I've loved him for a while. You know, it hurt my heart when I heard it happen to him or anything like that. You know, mm-hmm. um, like my, I set my workout regimen to, to be like what he does, you know, wake up early, get those four workouts in a day, and I'm just moving on tight time. He does, you know, I mean, he said, he said like a big uh, example for me in my life, you know, real important. And what about your nickname? Where does it come from? Uh, talk to me a little bit about your nickname. Yeah, Ducey. So my dad calls me Ducey. You know what I mean? It's, it's on my huddle. I mean, it's pretty much everywhere for the most part. I mean, everyone calls me Ducey now. And so um, I got uh, three siblings. I'm the second one born. So you like you say deuces, like two. So Ducey, my dad, you start calling me Ducey. Love that. And uh, Tosh, so you're not going to be at Tech for a while, but have you started to think of what you want to major in? Yeah, probably uh, – uh, oh, well, they told me uh, there's no architecture engineering, but uh, civil engineering is close to that like uh, type uh, field. So, I mean, civil engineering, construction engineering, something like that. Great place to do that. Favorite NFL team? Giants. 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 All right. Daniel Jones? Daniel Jones. <laughs> <laughs> people, people tell me that I look like him. Um, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> <laughs> Toughest opponent in high school? Uh, for his team or player? Both, yeah, both. Both. Um, I was okay. I say player first. Elijah Mack, uh, for uh, St. Joe's Montville. He he's a dog. I mean, he played well. We played against those guys. I mean, he, he balled out. He flies around the field. He's a safety. He flies around the field. Mm-hmm. He did it all for them. And uh, opponent. I mean, that, that's a hard one. I mean, there are guys out throughout. I can't just single one out. But I mean. Mm-hmm. There's there's studs. Uh, you got studs all throughout the league. I mean, yep. a lot of teams. Like I think you want. Got favorite you. movie. Oh, favorite movie. I would say uh, the Equalizer or John Wick. One of those. Ooh, the Equalizer. That's a good one. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. And then we're gonna move into quarantine edition rapid fire. So things that you've been doing in quarantine. Sons of <laughs> snacks. What have you been snacking on? I've been trying to cut out the snacks actually, but uh. I've been eating a lot of like salt and vinegar chips. That's right. That's right. Snack. I've been eating a lot. Solid, solid. What have you been binge watching? Netflix, HBO, yeah, yeah. Hulu. Which? What? What are your shows? Uh, Netflix. They just dropped the the new series for like Supergirl, The Flash, DC Legends tomorrow. I'm all on that. The Arrow. I'm all on that. Sons of self improvement. What have you been doing? You know, to make yourself better. Whether it's you know reading, listening to something new, learning. Like I said earlier, the, the COVID like type of time I'm on. So now, like I mean, we've been quarantined for a while. So I mean, those first two weeks, like I just felt like kind of sluggish. So I mean, I went and watched some Kobe vids and just learned about like his work regimen and like that. And I, I just uh, applied it to what I be doing. So I mean, now I wake up like four, work out to like six, got a little break. Then I go from like eight to ten. Then like. uh two to four then six to eight and that's pretty much it Sheesh. dedication and then uh last question for me spotify or apple music and what are you streaming 
Uh, I'm on Spotify. Spotify is my thing. And, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. I listen a little bit of everything. I mean, I actually like everything. Uh, ego. <laughs> I won't go too deep, but I got I got Meek Mill is my favorite rapper. So I mean, for doing that, Meek Mill. I got okay. a whole playlist just full of Meek. Okay. So this is I'm fired up about this New Jersey edition. We got some specific questions for New Jersey. Where are the best bagels around where you're at? Okay, so we got this little uh, this little bagel shop. It's called Legal Grounds, and uh, I mean they 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 serve it in there. So I mean, yeah, it's real good. And what are you getting? What is your what is your order? Taj walks into the bagel shop. What are you getting? Uh, turkey, bacon, egg, and cheese on everything okay. bagel. Yeah, on okay. everything bagel. Uh, what do you get on your pizza? Are you a plain guy? Pepperoni? Mm-hmm. I just go pepperoni. Pepperoni. And then in terms of New Jersey staples, so when I brought folks back, I remember I took Vinny Mahota back and Mike Santa Maria, Adam Taraski. I would bring guys back to New Jersey. And we always mm-hmm. stopped at White Mana. Like White Mana was non-negotiable. We were going in there. We were getting 10 sliders every single time. Mm-hmm. What is like the staple of New Jersey that if you bring teammates back, you got to go to? I would say uh, Milano's. Milano's, uh, they got these uh, these subs. It's like a uh, chicken parm. This is amazing. Uh, it's next to the school. It's real good. Okay. Milano's. Letters from the Lunch Pail. This is brought to you by Sharkies. Sharkies, you're going to have fantastic wings at Sharkies. So uh, just keep that in the back of your head. Sharkies in Blacksburg. Check it out. Uh, and our first question comes from Grant Watson. Uh, what would you say is the greatest strength that you bring to a football team? Uh, just being able to do whatever I can for my team, whether I got to do it with my arm, whether I got to do it with my feet. You know, I just want to push the guys around me, keep working, keep getting better. Question from John LaRoque. You're coming into a program following in the footsteps of some great quarterbacks that played for the Hokies. What can we expect from Taj Bullock? Um, just a hardworking guy, you know, um, I'm just gonna lay it on the line on my guys and, uh, I just want to win. So, I mean, I'm gonna go out and go hard, give a hundred percent every, every day in and day out, you know, give everything I got. Oh, nine Hokie from Brooklyn. I gotta know Jets or Giants, Knicks or Nets, Yankees or Mets. I don't watch too much baseball. I don't watch, I watch basketball, but I don't have like a set team. And uh, yeah, I said the Giants already, so I mean, yeah. Yeah, anyway, I've, I've long said if you're a Jets, Knicks, Mets guy, like you're just signing up for a lifetime of disappointment. So that's probably the, <laughs> that's probably, that's probably the best move. And then uh, last question we got here. Taj, as a quarterback, you're going to be a leader of the team, that you're going to be in a leadership role. This recruiting cycle has some incredible ambassadors. Like we discussed, Matthias Carable has been amazing. So Sean Kim wants to know, who are you – eyeing to recruit to Virginia Tech. Who are some guys that you're going to be talking to trying to get uh, trying to get an orange and maroon? I just have to see you so far, but I mean, you know my guy, Audric, uh, you know, I know he got a lot of offers and everything like that. I talked to him a little bit. Uh, I talked to him before I committed and everything like that. So, I mean, I talked to him, just chopped up with him, see where he's at. You know, um, a couple guys. Taj, this has been a ton of fun. Thanks so much for joining us today. And uh, when we bring guests on, we always like to give you the opportunity at the end to – Plug some shout outs, plug anything you got going on, or just uh, recognize anyone you want to recognize here on Sons of Saturday. Um, I appreciate you guys having me, no doubt. I mean, uh, as far as plug it, I guess uh, D1 to day one, that's my uh, my guy recruiter, Nick. Uh, he's done a lot for me, my family. I'll say a St. Peter's Prep program, you know, uh, Jersey City, New Jersey. Can't tell you how much uh, coach, every coach, every coaching staff on there has done for me. Uh, coach Hanson, Coach Oldfly, everyone. Uh, 
my my brothers at St. Peter's, you know, all those guys, and uh, most importantly, my family. So, I mean, yeah. Where can we follow you? Instagram, Twitter, and look, I don't know if you know this. TikTok is a thing amongst Virginia Tech football. I don't know if you're a TikTok guy. Uh, do you do you tick do you TikTok? I don't. I don't. I don't. Okay. Okay. So where do we follow you on Instagram and Twitter? Uh, both my Instagram and my Twitter is uh, Taj B underscore twelve. Taj, we're excited to have you. Again, I'm fired up that we got the Big North coming back to Virginia Tech. We're excited to see you, and we're glad to have you in the boat. Excited to see uh, Excited to see what the future holds for you, young man. I appreciate you guys having me. Oh, this was my QB trainer, uh, Complete QB, uh, Coach Johnson. That's my guy. Yep, yep. Coach Johnson. Shout out Love to it. Coach Johnson. Sons and daughters, welcome back. For the first time in over a week, Grayson is back. Grayson, how are you? Hey, Paul. I'm good. How are you, man? Happy, uh, happy Father's Day. Dude, we've missed you uh, a whole lot, and we missed you a whole lot yesterday. We had our wonderful friend and blue-eyed stud, Matei Sis, joined in Westwood, New Jersey. Pat Finn came up the New Jersey Parkway up to the meeting spot in Westwood, New Jersey, and we enjoyed some ribs that Jackson Mitchell threw on the uh, threw on the grill there, but Pat, we got to talk about this drink that William Hansen introduced us to. Talk to us about this beverage. So I walk in and I see these bearded guys, and I'm just like, oh, these got to be some of Billy Ray and Jackson's friends, like you know from Bergen County. They all got these big bearded guys that played football with back in the day. And then he's like, I'm Will, and then Billy starts calling them Willie, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is Willie. This is Willie Hansen from the Hung Up Pod, uh, you know. If, if you've been following Billy Ray for a while, you remember the Hung Up podcast. Well, Willie, who's Billy's counterpart, Will and Bill, Billy and Willie. Bam, bam. And Willie brings in these high noon cocktail drinks. Like, it's not a White Claw. It's a lot better than a White Claw. But this is what, uh, what David Portnoy has been advertising. Uh, and we dug into these things and they were absolutely incredible. What were the best flavors? Let's, let's power rank them real well, quick. Sons, sons of fact checking. Willie Hansen texted me and said, Hey, we got to get these high noons. And Matei actually went to multiple liquor stores to find the high noon. So I wanted to make Thank sure you, Billy. that right. Yeah. I wanted, I wanted to, I wanted to get that right. So we'll start with him out of the four core flavors rank from favorite to least favorite. By the way, not sponsored. Wish, no wish you guys ads. were, wish I were, but <laughs> number one at the top has to be watermelon. Refreshing. No it's, it's not too powerful, but you know, it, it, it's perfect for a sunny afternoon. Big stand. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. I think, I think second slot. Jolly Rancher. It was like a Jolly Rancher. I think the second slot though is pineapple. No question. Pineapple was fantastic. I thought pineapple was going to be number one. It was the first one I tried. We on board there. Oh, oh. Matei's slight hesitation. I like slight grapefruit hesitation. number two. Ooh. Grapefruit was my number two. I thought the grapefruit was going to suck, to be honest, but the grapefruit was okay. <laughs> but nonetheless, Matei, thanks for making the trip. And Grayson, give us the 411. You're coming back east when? What's the plan? I'm coming back east. The plan, at least, is to come back July 3rd. I'm catching a red eye, 1220 a.m. PST. I land in Richmond, Virginia, 1120. AM EST back Mm. on the East coast and sons and daughters later that evening, I will actually uh, be seeing Patrick Finn. So I'm really, really excited about that. And I will be home for one week. 
I'll be spending about half of the trip in Richmond and half of the trip in Northern Virginia. So if you want to see me, if you want to meet up, holler at me. Slide into the email, slide into the DMs, holler at me. Grayson, a little a little advertisement read off there. All right, all right, okay. Right. Will there be an appearance fee? There, will there, there will be there will be no appearance fee. I promise. Good conversation and laughter. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, we we're gonna kick this off here. It's always good vibes when Mate joins the podcast. But we're gonna kick this off with a few things that are not great vibes. And the first thing that's driving me crazy is I want to start this off with a disclaimer. I have no information on testing at Virginia Tech. I have no information on how they're working out or how they're doing anything. This is just more so me getting my Bleacher Report notifications from different schools and the outlook across the entire NCAA. This is not a political podcast. We don't do the politicking sons of non-political, sons of down the middle. But I want to say, I don't love the optics of reporting how many kids that are 18 to 22 years old have coronavirus. And the reports, as my friend Pat pointed out, at least in terms of Clemson, are not accurate or at least conflicting. So we're not even getting the real scoop about what's going on. And if we're just being honest, if I'm a college kid and I'm dealing with everything going on right now, I would much rather get in a routine and have something that I'm doing every day with my teammates. You're not with your parents. You're not coming around. And if you test positive for a coronavirus, it means you're not going outside and infecting other people, infecting your parents, infecting your grandparents. So that's a plus as well. And being on campus, you're going to have better access to healthcare and access to testing to keep you as safe as possible. So I guess the challenges for the NCAA here, and we'll have a podcast where we go more into this um, on how we think this will all play out or when we get some more information To me, the NCAA has to do these two things. You're going to have to find a third-party testing system where you don't have schools lying about positive tests. If Miami's starting quarterback tests positive for coronavirus, are they going to report it? If Trevor Lawrence tests positive for coronavirus in the semifinal of the playoffs, A, does Clemson want to report that? And B, does the NCAA even want to report that? No, they they want people watching the semifinal with the best players playing. So that's one thing that the NCAA is going to have to figure out. And the second part of this, which isn't being talked about enough, is making sure that the student-athletes can still effectively do what they need to do. At the end of the day, the NCAA has touted the drum and touted the point that they are students first and they're there to get an education. They need to make sure that they do the right thing, ensuring that they're able to take their classes, be a student, and have that student life that they're supposed to have. I've heard rumors floating around at other schools that other schools are considering putting players in hotels and keeping them away from the student body so that they're able to stay, you know, testing negatively. But at what point does it become you're sacrificing completely throwing away the education arm of what they're looking to do? And after all, they're a student first. At least that's what the NCAA says. So I'm um, interested to see how this all play, pans out. But that's kind of my little get off my lawn rant. And I apologize to step on your uh, step on your corner there, Pat, but I know you got something else for us. Just from seeing reports, it's like uh, some of these reporters are really eager to report on coronavirus positives just to get clicks. Um, Pete Thamel got his article out real fast and then uh, said it was, um, there was a discrepancy and you weren't able to tell if it was, student athletes at the entire University of Clemson 
or if it was just a football team or if it was football plus staff and he had to kind of do a little bit of backpedaling or saving face by posting, you know, in the, in the reply tweets, clarifications. Um, but, you know, in addition to that, you, you see all these reports coming out and it's just like, oh, we're not having football. We're not having football. We're not having fo- football. Let's let it play out. Um, but, you know, nothing out of Virginia Tech as, our, as far as I'm concerned. That, uh, that's good news for us so far. That's like kind of just a, a topic that's here or there. Um, I know that we're going to learn more as we go along. But um, to pile on a little bit more of unsettling news is that this guy from Iowa, this four, former four-star, because we love the stars, former four-star quarter, cornerback, DJ Johnson, plays a year at Iowa, enters the transfer portal, wants to come to Virginia Tech, sounds like he is coming to Virginia Tech, and then Matei, what happens? Yeah, so DJ Johnson, probably a lot of fans out there might not even know his name just because this all happened you know, within two weeks ago. And DJ Johnson is a guy from Iowa, like you said, four-star corner, chose Iowa over Notre Dame and LSU in high school. So a really valuable guy, close to home, played in the Big Ten, decides, you know, he, he played free safety, nickel, cornerback, decides he wants to enter the transfer portal, looks at Virginia Tech as an option. You know, many are thinking Caleb Farley, after a big season, could be gone to the NFL. And if... Johnson comes to Virginia Tech, he sits out one year and then automatically gets that starting spot. Now, <laughs> he decides he wants to come to Virginia Tech, has all his credits, his transcripts, headed over to the admissions office, and there was a discrepancy between a few credits that ultimately resulted him in not getting into the school, and he then shortly went to Purdue thereafter. When you say a few credits, what do you mean? Like, is, is this is this a GPA issue or a you took a certain type of class, this you'd is, have to make this it up? Is, this is like a class issue. This is like two classes that did not transfer to Virginia Tech. I, I'm assuming this doesn't happen at other – look, I know, I'm going to tell you, we'll leave you out of it. This, this can't happen at other schools. I don't see Clemson. I don't see Florida State. I don't see North Carolina turning kids away. And I don't think it's, it's as much bending the rules. I don't work for the Bursar or whoever is in charge of these decisions. But at the end of the day, there has to be something that could have been done to get in a playmaker or even just a kid that wants to go to Virginia Tech uh, into the system. I don't understand why – it is such a difficult decision, especially if it doesn't have anything to do with him having poor grades from his, what I'm concerned. Grayson, what is kind of your take on this? Well, my first question is, if, if he was missing these certain credit hours, could he not have just taken these classes in the summer or something like that? I mean, there, was, there had to have been an easy solution here to get him into some kind of class where he could make up for those credits or – transfer them some like just two classes and he and that's the deterring factor and now he's at Purdue and we missed out on this really really talented kid who wanted to come to Blacksburg uh do better Bursar (laughs) do better you know with that regard I don't like how our athletic department as it seems is going to have to jump through all these extra hoops to get these kids Uh, eligible to contribute at Virginia Tech from an academic perspective. And I'm not saying that we should be letting in, you know, Joe Schmo from, you know, wherever with a 0.09 GPA, you know, I, he missed two classes. Let's figure it out. There's always a solution in this regard. 
And you, we've had student athletes on our podcast. We've had uh, student athlete alumni on our podcast, and we've seen these people in the community, and they've been doing amazing things, and they are incredible representatives of Virginia Tech. And I don't think that we should be having these issues. And DJ Johnson is ending up at Purdue rather than Virginia Tech, where uh, you know we should be able to figure it out and make some exceptions, or you know, do what we can to build up our roster. I don't know. Yeah, Pat, you make a fantastic point. There are so many great individuals that come through this come through this program and go on to do great things. And I believe in the athletic department's ability to develop these kids and uh, put them in situations to succeed. And um, at the end of the day, I also trust our coaching staff. If they're going after someone, they're a high-profile, high-character individual. So um, it's just a, fr- a little bit frustration, fr- a little frustrating to see that happen. Um, but it is what it is. We're moving forward. And uh, Pat, talk a little bit about, we got to speak to a gentleman at the top of this podcast from New Jersey. Talk to us a little bit about Taj Bullock. I really like Taj. I think, and I don't know Hendon Hooker very well, but he kind of reminds me of Hendon Hooker, like personality wise a little bit. Um, you know, could see could see him being an incredibly hard worker, uh, seeing that, you know, a lot of the guys in his community, uh, as far as his team and uh, his competition really respect and uh, look up to him. Um, I think he is going to do a great job as far as kind of getting some guys together and try to be a driving force of recruiting others to this 2021 class as well. And uh, he was he was a fun interview. I was really excited that uh, that we were able to get him on and an awesome opportunity. And Matei, I want to hear about your thoughts on him. Um, you know, from an on the field perspective of just from. Uh, breaking down some of his film and uh, watching that for a little bit. Yeah, I really like Taj Bullock. And it's interesting because we did, what, the second version of our podcast together, I would say about a month ago after D. Davis decommitted. And, you know, everyone saw him going to Auburn and it was doom and gloom. And we threw out some names, Lucas Coley. Uh, and I think Virginia Tech does a really good job of identifying these leaders of quarterbacks. And I really do want to do a deep dive on the average Fuente quarterback, because you look at Taj Bullock, uh, you look at Hendon Hooker, Quincy Patterson, all these guys that have come and played for Virginia Tech and they're winners, they're state champions. I mean, you could probably compile all their records together and they probably have single digit losses. So Taj Bullock is a guy that kind of fits that mold. Like you said, Hendon Hooker, 6'4", 220, big guy, you know, when he's in space, tough to bring down, huge arm strength. I think that really stands out to me is that he can launch the ball downfield and watching his highlight tape, he has some speedy wide receivers and just launching it downfield so that they can run under it. He's a good prospect. I think his throwing mechanics aren't the best right now. And I think that's going to take a lot of time when you're talking about a guy that you need to bring in clean up his his throwing motion because you know he's dropping the ball sometimes and it, it may give pass rushers extra time to get to the quarterback um, so that might take you know a few years to develop him so I don't think he's a guy that you should expect to step on the field and play right away but I think in the long run he has every aspect you're looking for and I think if you're Justin Fuente and Brad Cornelson and you trust yourself to develop these guys, there's not a thing he doesn't possess. And I know that from here on out, we're probably going to be hearing a lot of comparisons between Bullock and D Davis. We will always hear about D Davis just because he was in the boat at, at one point, but 
Uh, Mike Farrell from Rivals made a comparison, and he said that Virginia Tech is better off with Taj Bullock than D. Davis because of a variety of reasons that didn't really have to do anything about on-field characteristics. It was more so about geography and the fact that Bullock wouldn't transfer out. What did you think of that comparison? It was kind of weird. Uh, Yeah, I don't don't really like talking about that other site, but I will say it's a little unfair to Bullock and – I mean, you look at it, the Elite 11 finalists, uh, Demetrius Davis is one of those guys. And, you know, all credit to Demetrius. He's one of those guys that has a ton of accolades. He's winning at the highest level in high school. He's a guy that I think makes plays um, and is very electric, you know, whether he's throwing or running. And I think Taj Bullock is more of you're going to have to surround him with some guys, but he can get the job done. So I think they're completely different quarterbacks. But, you know, in the end, Virginia Tech is doing well with Bullock. So, uh, you know, the the comparison, not quite there. Demetrius Davis is a stud. Bullock is very good and can be a stud in college. But I think it's unfair that, you know, they're, they're at two completely de- different levels right now. Um, but Bullock is still very solid. Now, Taj Bullock is, if I'm not mistaken, our first skill position offensive player from New Jersey in... I don't even know how many years. Uh, you know, when I think of New Jersey players, um, Billy, obviously, and Terrell Smith, uh, Ryan Malik, uh, Nyquee Hawkins is another one, Jalen Hoyle, uh, part of this 2021 class. But, you know, as far as like a running back or receiver, or even, you know, as much as a quarterback, I don't think we've ever had, you know, someone like a Tosh Bullock uh, come from the great state of North Jersey. Can we talk about New Jersey to VT? And I'm not, I'm not dubbing this. I'm not branding this. I'm not saying it's a thing that we I am. completely – I want it. On. Let's go. Yes, but do it. Do you think that this is a recruiting ground that we should take advantage? Now that we have this leader from St. Peter's Prep of the Big North, that this guy is going to raise some eyebrows. He's going to Virginia Tech. No one from this area ever goes to Tech as a skilled position. Are we, you know, should we be in more contention for some future recruits now? And should we make this more of a focus now? I think so. I think when you look at New Jersey, it's surprisingly talented, and that's no disrespect to Billy. I just think when you think of the Northeast, you don't think of a ton of recruits coming from there. I think you look at a school right now like Rutgers, and I know people will laugh at Rutgers, say they're bottom dwellers of the Big Ten. They have a top 20 recruiting class right now, and they're only recruiting the state of New Jersey. Uh, So I think there's a lot of talent there. I think Taj Bullock, anytime you bring in a quarterback, guys are going to look up to that. He plays at a state championship winning team. Um, And and I know there's other guys in the state, particularly in the 2021 class. Audric Estemi, I don't know if I'm saying his last name correctly, but a four-star guy, 6'2", 215, really likes Virginia Tech right now. And even though he goes to a rival high school from Bullock, you know, the two are close. I think all the best players in the state of New Jersey are are very close and are talking to each other about, you know, where can we make our impact? Where can we bring and represent our state? And so Estemi, again, hopefully I'm saying it right. He's a guy that, I mean, he looks like A.J. Dillon if, if you look at him uh, physically, Really good runner. Virginia Tech needs a running back, and I think he could be a guy that that jumps into the fold. Would love to see uh, us get Audric in the boat for sure. Uh, I want to talk about the other commitment that we did receive. Uh, Ke- Kelly Lawson 
I just want to give you the floor, Matei. Uh, just to preface this, a lot of Virginia Tech fans, and, and I hate seeing this, a lot of Virginia Tech fans, the first thing they do when they get a recruit is look at the star rating and look at the offer sheet and judge the player off of that. This guy is an 80-inch wingspan, and you have a little bit of an interesting take on how these ratings are being skewed right now with the lack of being able to go see these kids. But talk to me about what you see in uh, Kelly Lawson and this holdup of being able to evaluate kids. Right. First and foremost, I hope he dubs the nickname Key. So when it's third down, it's Key Lawson coming into the fray. Um, but look, he's a six foot five guy, 200 pounds, skinny right now. Uh, same high school as Dylan Rivers. Uh, he's a guy that runs a four five and, uh, you know, Looks looks like he can run as a DB. Uh, he's most likely going to play defensive end or outside linebacker. And I know for a fact Virginia Tech has been looking for a player like this for ever since Fuente got to Virginia Tech. And you know they've gone after guys like Javante Jean Baptiste. I put this on Twitter, but he's a guy that ultimately ended up at Ohio State. And at the time when Virginia Tech was recruiting him, a lot of fans were like, oh, great, just another 0.82 in the composite rankings. Who is this guy? And within the span of three months, he bumped all the way up to a four-star because these evaluators, what they see is a guy that can mold into virtually any position on the defense, can run really fast, has huge you know, wingspan, and can develop into a potential NFL player, can be a total wild card on the defense. And I think Lawson is that type of player for Virginia Tech. It's tough because he only played in four games last year. He was hurt. He didn't get to go to these camps. He didn't get to be evaluated by different programs. And then on top of that, you're talking about there's no camps with all the coronavirus concerns. He can't go in front of these coaches at Penn State. They're not going to want to offer a guy they've only seen four games of. So the only programs that he got attention from are in-state programs. You know, Liberty and UVA were the only two other guys that actually gave him a scholarship. And so I think, it. you know, he gets back on the field. Hopefully this whole pandemic goes away. And once he gets back on the field and, and can develop a little bit more, I think he's going to blow up in the rankings. And uh, quite honestly, I think he'll be a top 600 player when it's all said and done. Gentlemen, I personally would like to talk about the commitment of Sean Asbury the second. Another one. Another, another one. one. Another one in the boat. So last evening, Sunday, 6 p.m., Sean Asbury verbal commits from North Stafford High School. Sean Asbury is a cornerback, 5'10", 170 pounds, rated as a .8255 on the 24-7 sports composite and on 24-7 sports rated an 84 overall. Um, really, really fired up about him jumping in the boat because as a result, it collectively rises our 2021 recruiting class ranking from an 84.74 overall average rating to an 84.94, which means we have jumped up now from 13 to 12. Keep going up. Woo! Yeah! So we're no longer 13. We're no longer just ahead of Syracuse. We are now ahead of two teams. (laughs) We need to keep this going. Keep this (laughs) momentum going. Keep getting the guys in the boat and keep, climbing to the top of the ladder again 
Signing day is a long way away. We have plenty of time, but we need to get there. We need to get our guys. And with the addition of Asbury, this is great. Yeah, so this is another guy that when he got this offer about a week ago, um, he he called it his dream offer. He said, this is the place I want to be. Things moved very quickly, committed on the spot, announced uh, on Sunday evening. He's a guy that plays sort of a box safety for his high school, North Stafford. Reminds me a bit of Greg Stroman, and I know – you know, some people are going to call me out for that, but I'm putting on my recruiting cap right now and seeing what Virginia Tech is seeing. And he's a guy that's super fast, super physical, very shifty. Uh, he has 11 minute highlight tape where three minutes are him just taking in punt returns for touchdowns. So if you watch the film, I mean, this guy makes a lot of sense for Virginia Tech. They're quickly piling up defensive backs for Justin Hamilton to move around. This guy could be, you know, sticking at corner, could play a bit of nickel. Uh, It's interesting that, you know, none of his film is really at the cornerback position. He will transition there for Virginia Tech. Um, But I think the, the lapse in rating will be, you know, what will he look like as a cover corner? What will he look like in press? What will he look like in zone? Um, I think it's, it's, it shows in his highlight film that, he has so much space to work with that he can ident- he can take more time to identify plays um, where it'll be a lot different at the next level. So uh, I he's another one. I expect his ratings to bump up once he's back on the field. Maybe he'll transition to that cornerback position for his high school team. Um, but at the same time, you know, he's a guy that's all over the field for North Stafford, a very respectable football program. And, uh, you know, another good one in the mix. I think there's a lot of speed. There's a lot of options on special teams in this DB group for the 2021 class. And, you know, it's another piece of the puzzle. So, Matei, unfortunately, we never really get a chance to do rapid fire with you. But we were able to tweak rapid fire a little bit. We were able to adjust. We adjusted letters from the lunch pail to letters from the popcorn pail for uh, Coach Young last week. So this week we're adjusting our rapid fire to vibe check. Essentially, we're going to give you a couple of names that we're all talking about and we're all interested in to see. Have you talked to them? What are you thinking? So we got the vibe check coming up, and the vibe check is brought to us by our fantastic friends in the Cranham family. But they're not just friends. They are big-time two-three fairies and fixers. If you have a complex issue, if you need your teeth fixed, come on down. Check it out. Reconstructive surgery of the mouth type. If you need your teeth bleached, 50% off, 5-0% off for two-three bleaching from John Cran. We are fired up about that. The Chesapeake Center for complete dentistry located in the Tidewater area. If you need anything done, they are taking the utmost precautions during the COVID pandemic to ensure that you are safe. You can check them out at the Chesapeake Center for completedentistry.com. And And I got to say, I got to say real quick, I I think I'm going to go visit uh, Dr. Cran down in August. I think I I chipped my tooth er, earlier in the year. I don't know if you guys can see that. It doesn't look very good. What happened? Oh, yeah, I bit into a chicken wing. And, uh, oh, yeah, not a great not a story. Pat, Pat you can't tell that story, man. You got to be like, I got in a fight. You should see the other guy. I may have to go hit up John Cranham, Dr. Crancam down there. Uh, old G. Wim, I, I need a Hollywood smile. I have pretty teeth, but I wish they popped a little more, a little more white. Ooh. 
a little okay. bit more fluorescent under these Hollywood lights. You know what I'm saying? So, I'm going to uh, hit him up for a, uh, for a diamond front. I'm going to get some, uh, I'm going to get myself a nice grill like chameleon air back in 2008. So we'll all, rolling. we'll all stop in together. <laughs> <laughs> so to kick off this list, Amari Huggins, Bruce, I'm back. Back in the Huggins-Bruce groove. What was the deal? Like, he was out. He was like, we weren't even considering anymore. He wasn't considering us. What's the, what's the latest on Amari Huggins-Bruce? It was, uh, there was a lull period where Virginia Tech expected a commitment from him. And then, you know, he was taking his time, got an offer from Louisville. Virginia Tech's like, look, we need some wide receivers right now. Are you coming? Are you not? And I think over time they were starting to look elsewhere and then decided, you know what? Let's pull a Yui. Let's go back into this recruitment. He's a really good player. We want him in the mix. Now he has a set date of July 2nd. So that's about, what, a week and a half away. So feeling very good about Virginia Tech for him. He's a speedster. Awesome guy. We'll probably play slot. Um, and we'll see what happens. I think it's Virginia Tech and Louisville right now. I love a good triple name. Triple names are awesome. Love his film, too. Matei, I want to hear your thoughts on Sierra Canyon standout DJ Harvey. How, how are we feeling about him right now? Yeah, so DJ Harvey he kind of reminds me, not as stressful as the Dax Hollyfield recruitment, but a lot of schools that have offered him and, you know, constantly said Virginia Tech is at the top of the list, schools in and out. And usually when that happens, it's a really good sign. He's committing on September 18th. I believe he will be in attendance for the Penn State game six days prior. So I'm feeling very good about DJ Harvey. I'm actually very close to submitting a 24-7 sports crystal ball for Virginia Tech for him. And he would be an absolute standout for Virginia Tech in that secondary. Honestly, guys, I'm thinking because Sierra Canyon, I don't know if you heard, is in California. It's also where LeBron James and Dwayne Wade's kids play basketball. Very good sports high school on the <laughs> West Coast. You know, sons of recruiting, if, Judge, if Coach Ham can't get out here to recruit him, I will do it. I will dress up as the Hokey Bird, go to Sierra Canyon, and sit in the stands and watch him play. I don't care. What? I don't even have to wear a face mask. I'll just put the, the Hokey Bird's head on and sons of social distancing. We're good to go. So, DJ Harvey, I'll see you in the fall, kid. <laughs> Matei, how are we feeling about Donovan McMillan? Donovan McMillan is one of my favorite recruits in this class. He has maybe the best film that I've watched of any of the defensive backs. Hard-hitting, free safety, uh, would probably be a rover at Virginia Tech. He actually just visited Virginia Tech this past weekend. It's kind of weird with the dead period because he was on campus FaceTiming with Coach Fu uh, and Coach Hamilton while being right next to them but not seeing them. Uh, but he really likes Virginia Tech. He has great standing with a lot of the commits right now. Um, I know he plays a mat Madden with a bunch of them. He has a group chat with a bunch of them. So I think right now it's shaping up to be a Florida and Virginia Tech battle. Uh, neck and neck right now, SEC versus ACC. But I think Virginia Tech is very much in the picture. And this one's going to be a very close and stressful race. These two have always been two peas in a pod, so I'm just kind of smushing them together here. Naquan Brown and Landon Watson. Naquan Brown should be announcing on July 1st. We'll see if that date sticks. Uh, <laughs> maybe it's, you know, a top two or something. I don't know. Uh, right now, the thought is LSU versus Virginia Tech. 
We still don't know if he's a take at LSU. There hasn't been great uh, understanding of that, but I think Virginia Tech has been in the picture the whole way through. Uh, he knows what Virginia Tech has to offer with TNT, a, a chance to go to the NFL and uh, you know represent the 757. So I, I'm still confident in Virginia Tech. Uh, I'm not as confident as July 1st. We'll see. And then Landon Watson. Landon Watson's an interesting one. Uh, you know, he's moving to outside linebacker, and I think Virginia Tech still values him as a defensive end. I don't think uh, he's close to committing anytime soon, so we'll see what happens with him just because there's a lot of defensive line prospects announcing soon, and I think Virginia Tech really wants to get commitments from one of them. So if space runs out, Watson may miss the boat. Gotcha. And I kind of want to take some time. So, Mate, every time you come on here, we, you know, we talk about like, who do we need? What do we need? What is the deal? Like, can you talk about how much of a, of a moving bar and fluid situation recruiting is, for example? I mean, the, you also saw how it played out with D Davis is we went from D Davis to Lucas Coley to Taj Bullock. Like, how does this all, how quickly does this all switch once one domino falls? I mean, it can change by the day. And it's kind of funny because if someone gets to this podcast two weeks late, they may be like, who are these names? Like, who, who is Virginia Tech recruiting? Um, but this this is a very fluid situation. And especially in a year where you cannot evaluate as many guys as you want to, like, is a kid really six foot three and 205 pounds? Uh, you don't know until they show up to camp. So a lot of these schools are hesitant to just throw out these blind offers and say, like, we want you, but we don't really know who you are. We haven't seen you in person. We're just texting with you and going off film from literally a year ago. So this stuff changes all the time. And I think even with some of these commitments, I think Virginia Tech's doing a very good job of getting guys that will stay committed. Um, and I think, you know, They'll be in the mix. There's going to be a big flip season, boys. It's going to be so much fun to watch. But, you know, there's guys that may be committed to programs we don't even know about right now that will enter the mix in maybe a few months. And going off of that, with this 2021 class, we always like to have expectations. What are the realistic expectations for this class with all things considered? But then you say, Matei, is it even fair to have expectations can we have real realistic expectations for this class with all this uncertainty going on you just mentioned flip season the decommitment carousel is going to be rampant uh what would you say is like a realistic expectation and kind of moving forward like highest positions of need it's tough because you should have an expectation. I think there should be a standard for every recruiting class. It's tough to say, like, some people will excuse it if it doesn't happen. And then others will say, well, it only happened because there's this massive pandemic and everyone just left. So it's tough to say. I think realistically, looking at a top 30 class should be the expectation for Virginia Tech this cycle. And I think when you're talking about the highest positions of need. We're seeing a lot of defensive guys right now. Uh, defensive end is a huge position of need. Uh, looking at outside linebacker Jordan Poole announcing his commitment in just over a week down between NC State or, or Virginia Tech, four-star guy. 
Uh, and then on the offense, wide receivers, tight ends, some running backs, skill position guys. I think that is the most important need. You have your quarterback. Now it's time to surround him with some talent. And then just to help people understand from this angle as well, do you have an idea as far as numbers, how many folks we anticipate to take and what positions we may take the most of? I would say right now the class is looking around 26 could be as far as 28 guys. I think that's a little unlikely. Um, but yeah, around 26-ish, I would say the bulk of the numbers will come from the trenches. Offensive linemen around four. Uh, defensive linemen, five. Uh, they could take even more than that. But And then wide receiver. I think they're going to have a big wide receiver class. I think you, know, you saw kind of the vulnerability of a guy like Damon Hazleton leaving that there's that big gap at one receiver. You have Trey Turner, but then there's a lot of question marks at the other one. I think they're trying to shore up the wide receiver depth, and I think they'll take around four wide receivers this class. So moving into letters from the lunch pail here, we have a couple submissions from Twitter. And, uh, Matei, before we do that, Sharky's Blacksburg is a, uh, a good friend of the Sons of Saturday, where good friends go. We love Sharkies. We love their Long Island iced teas and, and their wings on Sundays. And, uh, you know, when we can do it again, bingo nights and trivia nights, BOGO Burger Monday, still a thing. Go get your BOGO burgers on Monday. But, Matei, we know you have – we have this flaming hot take from Matei Sis about Sharkies and uh, his favorite uh, cocktail there. So just just lay it on us. Tell us your hot take. Look, the number one drink from Sharkies is unquestionably the Long Island iced tea. When you think of Sharkies, you have that image in your mind. Now, I've had a lot of Long Island iced teas in my day, but I have to say, <laughs> senior year, I made the switch up to asking for Long Island Sprites. Okay, it's less of that mix, the Long Island mix, and it's, it's so good for football season, celebrating a victory it's a you know summer day i was there over the summer right you know right after camp enjoying a nice long island to to take the stress away i got evan g Watkins hip to it i want to get everyone else hip to it i want to see more long island sprites is this a secret menu type deal did you make this up on the fly or do you get this elsewhere where did you come up with this i did not make this up i want to take all the credit but unfortunately i can't i forgot who invented it, but someone ordered it for me. I took one sip and I just looked at that person. I said, thank you for changing my life. That's how good it is. Sons of Saturday listeners, if you follow us on Instagram, Twitter, next time you're at Sharky's Blacksburg, you hit up Kyle Spatz or JJ in the back bar and say, hey, I was listening to the Suns. I am hearing from Matei Sis from 24-7 that the Long Island Sprite is the way to go. So let's let's rip out the iced tea. Let's put some Sprite in there and uh, send us in your pictures, your submissions. Send us a uh, – maybe we'll send you a gift card. Maybe we'll send you a Sharky's gift card if you send us a uh, – you got to make it a post, though. It can't be a DM. You got to post it out there for the uh, for the followers. But all right, Gray, kick it off with uh, with our letters here. Question number one comes from Stephanie Gomez Wilson. With the speed of commitments during COVID, flip season is likely coming in the fall. We just talked about that. Do you know what goes into deciding whether to continue a relationship after a recruit commits elsewhere 
or to let that ship sail and move on. Also, who's your favorite flip candidate? I will say with Virginia Tech, they do a very good job of staying in touch throughout the entire process. Even if someone commits elsewhere, I mean, you look at Doug Nestor, and the only reason he came to Virginia Tech, he was committed to Ohio State throughout the entire process. Two weeks before signing day, all of a sudden something happens. You never know what can happen. Urban Meyer steps down, and Virginia Tech says, look, we've been here the whole way. If you need to find a new home, we're right here. You know what we got. And Doug Nestor, who started on the offensive line as a true freshman, is now at Virginia Tech. Uh, his teammate Wyatt Millam is currently at West or is committed to West Virginia. Vance Vice has stayed on him for a very long time. I think Virginia Tech could ultimately land his services. I think right now it's tough to say just because they're not able to get him on campus. They're not able to get him to visit, you know, spring practice, summer practice. Um, so it's a little tougher in that regard, but he's a guy, top 100 prospect. And I think he really respects Vance Vice. His boy, Doug Nestor is starting on the offensive line as a freshman. Uh, so Millam is a guy that I'm looking at that Virginia Tech will stay on till signing day. Grant Watson says, do you see Dallin Wright? Getting, uh, getting some snaps this year, or do you think he'll be redshirting from day one? Uh, this one kind of sucks for, for Dallin Wright. I, he was one of the guys that, forget the rankings, like this guy's a baller. And I think if he showed up to camp and they let him go, give him some reps with the one, see what he can bring to the table, I think he could be a guy that definitely plays day one for Virginia Tech. But I think, again, we're talking about these circumstances that are out of everyone's hands. And I think it's it's going to be tough for a lot of these freshmen to break in. I think Virginia Tech is still a very young team. Uh, there's a few positions. We talked about it before. Uh, Damon Hazleton left. They need a guy to step up there. So he could. I think it's less likely now that he'll play day one. Uh, so I think it'll be a big redshirt year for a lot of those guys. Here's our last letter from the last trail from Tristan Rasich. Rasich. How unprepared is every fan base for just how bonkers this football slash recruiting season is going to be? Will you even bother making comparisons to past slash future seasons or classes? I mean, it's going to be wild. We've been talking about it so much, but, you know, so many people are just committing without ever visiting schools. And, you know, if and when things get back to normal and guys start taking visits elsewhere, they start receiving offers because they're actually playing football. Um, It's going to be a lot different. So I still don't know what to expect. I think this is one of the most exciting years to be a person that's involved in recruiting because you really don't know what's going to happen. And there's guys, like I said, in a few months that we're not even thinking about right now. And we might come back to this podcast and be like, I can't believe we didn't even bring them up, but uh, it's just tough to evaluate expectations because of that. There's going to be a cop out for if, if things go wrong and if things go right, it's the same thing. So it's tough to make comparisons. I, I think you just got to do the best with what's in front of you and just, you know, attack it with, you know, everyone's under the same situation. So you just got to make the most of it. But today we can't thank you enough. It's always a blast when we get to have you come on. I appreciate your time this afternoon. And obviously, as we always do, here's your opportunity for shout outs, for plugs. What do you have coming up? Where can we find you? What's going on? Give us some shout outs. Big shout out to all the dads. 
Happy Father's Day. Yes. It's Sunday. Um, so thankful for my dad uh, coming over from the Czech Republic and and being an inspiration in my life. And, you know, although it's Father's Day, it's Father's Day every day. And uh, yes, you know, once again, one of my biggest inspirations. So and uh, yeah, shout out to you guys. Honestly, you guys keep killing it every time. I'm sorry that I had to follow up Mike Young, Taj, you know, Ian Seymour. It's tough. You're, you're getting a guy in Crocs to follow up all these guys, but it's, it's awesome to see what you guys are doing and what you guys are bringing to the community and honestly just lifting up everyone. So appreciate you guys as well. We appreciate you, man. We will be back soon. We got some exciting things in the work. Matei, I hope you are well. We'll get back soon together and uh, crack into some more high noons. But again, happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. And uh, let's have a great week. July's around the corner. Woo!